Welcome to the Top Gun Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze, scrutinize, and get evaluated in the movie Top Gun, one split S minute at a time. I'm your pilot, Brian Kaboom Boucher, and I want to welcome back Tim Coaster Cole. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Good. Glad you can make good it back. See you again. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about Minute 52. And minute 52 begins with the continuing lecture from Viper. And ends in a victory. Woo, get the W. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I feel blind without being able to watch this with you. I know. I don't know what to comment. We're having technical difficulties, listeners. Uh, For some reason, my clips are not playing back for us. So, yeah. Unlike this, you know, this is kind of like the playback tapes that we're, we're, should be watching, you know, you know, they're playing back on the screen, you know, the little Atari looking game, you know, and, uh, you know, that's basically what it is. It's kind of a, play, a playback, like a, you know, a play by play of their mission. And uh, Viper says, the bogey's going to blow you away. You, you take a hard right, select zone five, and you ex- and extend and escape. And he says, you made a bad choice. And the camera points right to Maverick. You know, so we know he's talking about Maverick, whatever he just did. And like we talked about yesterday, he was, you know, basically you want to, you know, get on the defensive, get out of there, save yourself, save your plane. You know, and this is what he's saying he should have done. You know, he should have took a hard right. You know, basically what he's saying is you, you bank to the right and Zone five is basically hitting your afterburners and getting the hell out of there. That's what it means. You just want to get away. That, that's basically your 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 way of bugging out. So or bailing out. But then he, you know, he he says Charlie. So Charlie wa- walks up, you know, and she's got the you know the nerdy glasses on, and, you know, she still has the the white shirt, you know, wet and button up that's you know open, you know. She says the aircraft one performs a split S. That's the last thing you should do, you know. And if you know what to explain, you know what a split S is. <clears throat> I, I wonder, do you know? Do you know what a, a, a split S is? No, what is a split? A split S, S is basically it, it. It it's basically where okay. If see if I can try to explain this to and without a a video a visual, you know, basically you're you're going when you're flying you know you're going straight basically you invert yourself go straight down you know and go back the other direction mm-hmm. that's that's what a split s is oh wow okay yeah it's, it's like a, a half an s you know and uh, and you can drop like you know when you go inverted and go down you can drop a couple thousand feet in a matter of seconds, you know, before you level back out, you know, so it's dangerous. You got to do it at the uh, right elevation or, you know, you could crash. Uh, You have a very um, good chance of stalling out, you know, Mm -hmm. if you don't do it correctly. Right. 
It's funny. I mean, I, I'll go on the wildest roller coasters, but I won't hang glide. I won't parachute. I probably will never ride in a plane like that at 14. Yeah. Even if it drops a thousand feet in a few seconds. No. <laughs> Even for yeah. a bona fide coaster aficionado, that's a bit extreme for me. Yeah, I, I understand. Um, I, I, I'm same way. I love roller coasters and I, I'll do the upside down and the barrel, you know, the corkscrews and all kinds of stuff, you know, no big deal. But yeah, I'm pretty sure if I was in an F-14, I would probably be throwing up all the time because I probably <laughs> could, not, could not handle it. You know? But I, I've, I've done the, I've never, when I was in the Air Force a long time ago, I had the opportunity to, you know, go, you know, jump out of perfectly good planes and I didn't do it. I instead spent my time uh, drinking alcohol because I was young and numb. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've never jumped out of a plane. I've never bungee jumped. I've done the thing where you get on a swing, you know, you, go, you get on the thing and it pulls you up and it's like a swing and it swings you out, you know, hundreds of feet, you know, a couple hundred feet out and you swing back and forth. You know, I've done that before, mm-hmm. but yeah, nothing like this, but yeah, we keep, you know, seeing the more of these, uh, computer animations like i said and you know it's got all these like little uh, uh little squares and all kinds of octagon shaped weird boxes and stuff um on it around it and and i'm like where do they see where does she see a split s you know or you can't tell you know obviously it's not the exact um you know somebody doing a split s you know but you only see it for a couple of seconds, so you're probably not going to notice. So, how many uh, how many uh, GC graphics are uh, anticipated to be in this new film? I imagine they probably used some in the original, and probably even more so now. Oh right, yeah, uh, I, I can't wait to see it. And and actually, um, I think when this episode comes, these these episodes come out. Mm-hmm. will be is the week of the premiere of the new movie so it's just yeah. i'll be there to watch it yes me too well, let's see so continue on uh charlie says the mig's right on your tail and she says you know freeze it and then it said the mig has you in his gun sight what were you thinking you know and you know it you know, Maverick, you know, goes there, you know, he says, uh, you don't have time to think up there. If you think you're dead. Instinct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, you know, that's what he goes on. He goes on instinct. And to me, to me, that makes him a good pilot. You know, yeah. Like, like we talked, I talked about with my wingman last week, uh, you know, just being a textbook pilot is not going to, do you any good you're not learning anything you know you have to you know you're in a school you're you're in a school to learn stuff you're if you're doing everything exactly by the book you're not learning anything Mm -hmm. that's 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 what i think you know right yeah believe in pilots of a a regular aircraft if they run into a situation sometimes they break out that old manual 
<laughs> yeah. Like, hold on, hold on a second, hold Mr. On. Mr. Bogey. I, I got I gotta look at this manual, and make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah, yeah, they don't have time to do that. No, but yeah, he says that that's a big gamble with a 30 million dollar plane. And I looked it up. Uh it was actually in in 1985 when they filmed this, uh an F-14 was actually 40 million dollars. Okay. I didn't. I didn't check to see what that would be in a uh, today's money, but I'm sure it's a lot more than you know, forty million dollars. <laughs> oh, now, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that'd be like probably a you know a couple hundred million. I would imagine. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's like um, you know, bolts costing what they cost now in the military, and all the computer stuff they put in there now on planes mm-hmm. too. It just drives the price of everything up. Yeah, yeah. The technology has gone up so much. Yeah. yeah yeah but anyway so yeah you're thinking you know iceman you know you see a quick shot of iceman and he's got that haha gotcha i win you know i'm better than you you know kind of thing because you know he's just you know his ego you know he's got to be better than maverick it says unfortunately everything worked you know the Meg never got a clean shot maverick makes an aggressive vertical move and defeats him with a missile the encounter was a victory, which, you know, if he's, like I said, if, if he was doing a split S, that means, like you said, he got inverted, you know, went vertical, you know, went, you know, straight down and then he leveled out and got the hell out of there. So that means he did, did he do the same thing? You know, a, did another split S came back up and then what flipped himself over. And that's, that's what I'm guessing. I have, I got some luck, by the way. I've got your clips on my phone, so I can watch them with you now. Yeah, right on. All right, so. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just weird that, you know, basically he, was, he did the thing to get out of there, but then he turned around and came back, you know, which does not seem like something that Maverick would do. You know, it, it'd be... You know, he always does, you know, is, you know, the fun, you know, weird stunts, you know, the, the going inverted or hitting the brakes, you know, doing something really cool and extravagant to do to get his, you know, enemy, you know, to take him down, not just, you know, basically act like he's taking, you know, getting out of there and then come back. That just doesn't that don't make sense. Uh, he wants to, he wants to do more, you know. He's focused. He's good at his. The encounter was a victory, though, according to Charlie. And that is the end of this minute. So it's quick, a quick minute. Pretty, not a lot going on, but so. So we're gonna get to this point where you know I'm gonna ask you what your relationship is with this movie. Like, when was the first time you saw it? And. You know, what'd you feel about it? And I know you have a pretty, we kind of teased this yesterday. So I, I really would like for my listeners to hear your story. Okay. Um, my relationship with the movie is, well, I saw it on opening day. I was looking forward to it. Um, just because I, I was there and was with the cast and everything. It's, um, uh, the, I can talk about the locker room and all oh, that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
Definitely. The uh, locking room and the changing room scenes were filmed inside the old Mission Beach Plunge here in San Diego, of course. Now, the Plunge was a really, really large building that housed an Olympic-sized swimming pool. And despite that, the uh, it remained open, even though the amusement park around it closed in 1976. And it left behind the Plunge, which was stayed open, and the roller coaster, which was closed, but it was left standing. It was an old 70-foot tall wooden roller coaster that was uh, built in 1925 alongside with the Plunge. And through the 80s, uh, I was on the board of directors of a preservation group that was fighting to save that roller coaster from demolition, which was successful. Yay. <laughs> I'm glad. So, and one day at our uh, one of our board meetings, the uh, manager of the plunge told our committee that Paramount was producing a movie starring Tom Cruise. And now keep in mind, I only knew him from uh, Risky Business. Right. So at that time, you know, he was just, and that they would be, uh, spend a day filming scenes inside the plunge building. And rather than move all the equipment through the main front entrance, they asked to access the building through a side door, which happened to be our coaster construction office. And um, so I, had, I, I volunteered to be there because I was a film student and I just thought it would be fun to watch a real, real motion picture uh, being filmed. Got there in the morning, pretty much watched the crew go in and they're lugging in and out equipment. Uh, and later, uh, I start seeing who I figured were the were the actors, but at the time I didn't know really who they were or what they had done. Right. But you could just tell, you know, that they were the actors. And at some point, I did see Tom come through before they started filming the first scene. So while they're setting up, uh, the the props people, of course, they found our construction office just fascinating because it was just so much because it's where we uh, uh, saved old artifacts that were we found under the roller coaster old bottles old you know just just things that props people of course would be fascinated about that so um, they asked if there was anything that we had that we can um, hang on the on a bulletin board that was in the background and I was making a scrapbook of articles related to our coastal preservation efforts and I took some out for them to use and they actually did. And you can see them in the background of the movie. If you look really close in the, uh, in the shower scene with all wearing towels, I think it's over Anthony Edwards's left shoulder. Mm -hmm. You see what looks like some newspaper clippings. And if you look really closely, you'll see that that's actually a newspaper article photos of a roller coaster. And, uh, and then while the actor, so I'm sitting in the, uh, I'm sitting behind the lockers because what they did, or I'm sitting in the next room because they filmed this, the shower scene first. And uh, I heard the actors all horsing around. They were towel snapping and everything. <laughs> of course. And when, when I heard, I heard somebody's towel fell off. He goes, oh my God. One of the actors said, oh my <laughs> God, it's purple. <laughs> And, uh, and I still remember hearing the dialogue it, it live uh, that, that in the movie where I think, who is it? Um, Rick Rosovich, what was his character? Slater. Uh, Slater, yeah. He's laying down on the, on the wooden bench and he's saying, where do you go? Oh, oh that, was, I, that, that, was, uh, that was actually Wolfman. That was Wolfman. Oh, Wolfman? That was, that was oh, Wolfman okay. sitting on the, laying Wolfman. down. Got it. Yeah. And uh, so and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, they have to be rehearsing because that doesn't sound like an acting line. You know, I don't 
that sounded like bad acting. They're just running wild. But no, it right. turned out that that made it in the movie. Yeah, that's cool. So, and then we had the lunch. Uh, the manager of the plunge said that, uh, you know, the catering trucks out there, if you want to go grab a bite, you know. So uh, it was, they had picnic tables that were set up along the uh, north wall outside the plunge building. Close to on close to the public. I mean, there really wasn't much keeping the public out uh-huh. in terms of uh, any kind of barricades. And of course, you know, people are trying to get a glimpse of Tom. And uh, so I'm shy and pretty much unassuming and, and was humbled to even be there. So it was very unlike me to sit at a table where there are already people, you know, let alone actors. Right. So I'm yeah. sure I went, I sure I went to a table and sat by myself. And before I knew it, Anthony, uh, Val, Clarence, and Rick Rosovich, they're all come and they sit at my table. Wow. And uh, yeah, and Tom wasn't there, but uh, he, he pretty much kept private and I expected that he probably would. Yeah. Uh, but he had a near dead ringer on the set. I mean, it was pretty chilling. Yeah. So some of the uh, young girl onlookers, of course, were asking the other actors where Tom was hiding. So Anthony and Val, you know, they're having fun with it and they're replying in different ways. Like generally, like, why, why do you want to see him? We're famous too. You know, <laughs> and they start listing some of the movies that they were in. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, now I know. You know Revenge yeah. of the Birds and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and what's funny is uh, Val Kilmer, you know, I saw um, Top Secret. I think he was in a movie. Yes. Uh, that, that comedy movie. And I, I worked at a movie theater and I, I saw that movie about a dozen times because I thought it was so funny. But right. Val Kilmer sitting across from me, I did not recognize him <laughs> from being in that movie because he was built and butch and his, he was sculpted and he had that haircut. Yeah. And top secret, you know, he looked like a young boy rock and roller kid. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so and then so after lunch, uh, before the afternoon shoot began, uh, that same room that they just used as a changing room was transformed into a locker room. They actually put rows of lockers in the middle of this larger room with uh, movie equipment, lights and cameras and all this other stuff. I remember there was a dish of white powder with a fan blowing next to it that was blowing the powder out into the air to make it look like it was steam. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and so I sat on a wooden bench that was behind one of the lockers, just out of the way, just observing. And the mood in the room was somber for some reason. And everybody was whispering and trying to be really quiet. And suddenly Tom comes through the door on my left and he walks in front of me. And then he takes a seat on my right on the same bench that I'm sitting on. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very long bench. And he, he's wearing a leather jacket. I think it's a long time ago, but I do remember he was carrying a ghetto blaster and uh, he set it down on the floor and he pulled a cigar out of his pocket and then he lights it and he leans forward with his elbows on his knees, looking down at the floor and he presses play on the ghetto blaster and like the plucky guitar strings from the 1982 live performance of Simon and Garfunkel sounds of silence begins to play. Hmm. So and nice. I'm, I'm a person who's easily starstruck. So it was, you know, I'm trying to control myself, but I'm sitting two feet, not even from Tom Cruise. And that was pretty mind blowing. And I didn't even, I didn't stare at him. I didn't want to look at him. I just kept looking at the back of the locker that was in front of me. So me and my big mouth, totally oblivious to the mood that's being maintained, said to him nonchalantly, 
I really like this song. It's my favorite version. And I was still staring straight ahead. Uh, but out of my peripheral vision, I saw him sit back up, his back of his head on the wall, and then he rolled his head over and looked at me. <laughs> I felt a chill <laughs> on the right side of my face. And I knew at that point I should have not just said anything. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what happened right after that, but the plunge manager came up to me uh, minutes later and said nicely, uh, yeah, you know, they only let the people who really need to be here, here. So um, I was, you might say I was thrown off the set by Tom, indirectly by Tom Cruise. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a nice way. I mean, he, he was, he was nice. He wasn't a, a jerk or anything. And uh, so the scene he was preparing for, it turns out, was when he cleaned out his locker because he was upset over Goose's death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was why they maintained that thing. So the icing on the cake um, is after having been asked to leave the set, I felt uncomfortable being there, even in my own off our own coaster construction office. And it was very late in the afternoon. And I just thought, you know, there was really no reason for me to be there anymore. And I wanted to go home. And the plunge manager said he would make sure our office was locked up. And I had just walked out the office door, which faced the old roller coaster. When Tom and some other people were coming inside the same door, we crossed paths. And I actually had the opportunity to say, hi, Tom, you know, I'm, I'm Tim Cole. Uh, this is our office here. We're trying to restore the roller coaster. And uh, I only said that so that he knew my face and that I had a reason for being there. And I just wasn't some person off the street. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he was really nice. And he said, yeah, I was looking at your sign. We had a restoration sign uh, posted on the roller coaster. And he said, good luck with that. And I think we shook hands and that pretty much experience, you know, completed my experience for that day. So, um, so the ending to this now is now the best I could do for a best friend back in the time, this guy, his name was Bruce. Uh, it's a really insecure person who enjoyed cutting down other people and pointing out their flaws whenever he saw an opportunity, whether or not they were right there or behind their back, myself included. So right after this all happened, I told him that whole story about my meeting Tom and telling him about the roller coaster. Bruce took it and twisted it out of proportion. And he said, oh, my God, I would have been so embarrassed if I were there with you. What, what, what were you trying to impress him? Do you think he's going to make a movie about you, about this guy who's saving a roller coaster? And then <laughs> even told his other friends about, you know, what I did and what I was trying to do. That wasn't what I was trying to do. So five years later, uh, I got sort of back at him in 1990 when that's the same year the roller coaster reopened. But that's the year that Days of Thunder came out and Cruz played race car driver Cole Trickle. And his recruiter was Tim DeLand, played by Randy Quaid. Uh -huh. And towards the end of the movie, as Trickle is being led to his car through a lot of fanfare, he, he spots DeLand ahead of him. And then the two kind of nod their heads and they acknowledge each other by saying each other's name. And what you hear is Tim, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Payback. <laughs> Payback. Yeah. So I yeah. rubbed that in Bruce's face and I yeah, said, yeah, I guess I did make some kind of an impression on him. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that story. That's great. And there's another scene uh, where they're at the top of some steps inside a building and you see fighter jets painted on the wall in the background. Yes. 
Yes. And I think they, they, they put some of the names of the crew. Yeah, there, there's names on it. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. Um, Something like that of, uh-huh. not, of like the people working in the movie, I think. And anyway, that that also was in the that was the first thing they shot. Oh, nice. The uh, plunge. So. Yeah, where they go upstairs and uh, there's a payphone on the wall and there's uh, planes painted on painted on there with the crew names. And then um, Val Kilmer sitting up there on the railing and he uh, uh, asked Maverick about uh cougar again mm-hmm. you know, yeah 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 i know that scene yep uh we talked about that <laughs> yeah it's very cool now and am i correct that so the locker room and the shower room scenes are basically empty rooms at the time and then the prop people came in and basically set decorated it i want to say that uh that the big blue room where they're all walking around in their towels. Uh-huh. I want to say that that also is the same room that they brought the lockers in and then they kind of narrowed the vision so that you see you're looking down that row of lockers. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so. Well, that's um, cool. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking also in the, in the background to see if I can spot similarities, like in the pipes uh-huh. that went up across over the walls and whatnot. But uh, yeah, oh, it is how long ago is this 30 yeah yeah this is, seven years ago <laughs> yeah it, it, it's been a minute yeah it's been a while <laughs> yeah so. but that's cool though but i mean you have an actual like footprint in the movie by yeah. by put it by you were basically an uncredited set decorator <laughs> basically i mean you got to put up all your stuff from your scrapbook on the wall you know on a I bulletin like, board that, that's like really what michael I like what Michael Sharif said um, about how you think that a major outfit like Paramount would be really meticulous about what's in the background of a film, you know, because it might have importance or something. And then he said he didn't expect that they would just pick stuff off off the floor and pin it to the wall. And there you go. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And I remember when um, and I didn't know it was going to be so like clear. So when I was sitting with uh, watching the movie with some of my coworkers, because we all worked at the movie theater at the time, and when that all uh, came up, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's my bed!" and it went, "Shh." (laughs) 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 That's my stuff. (laughs) That's my stuff. I don't know if they didn't believe me or what, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, you can put this in or or not, and this is like. I don't make up stories and I wouldn't make this up if it didn't really happen. There's no point in me bringing this up. Right. But I will tell you that. Uh, so I was walking, they had um, between the plunge building and the roller coaster, there used to be a long midway. And in that old midway, which they blocked off to the public is where they put all the, the star trailers uh-huh. and trucks and all that. They parked them all in there. So I'm walking past the uh, actress. Matter of fact, I think I'm looking for Tom Cruise's trailer, which I do have a picture of his uh-huh. name on the plaque. It says Tom Cruise, do not disturb <laughs> outside <laughs> his door. Nice. But uh, I'm just walking along and suddenly something catches my eye. And Rick Rosevich is standing in the door of his trailer, 100% buck naked. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And he was not shy about it. He just like, yeah. He was, but he was leaning forward, like he was leaning out the door, watching for someone or waiting for someone to come by. 
Yeah. And uh, so, <laughs> of course, I just I just kept walking and pretending I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I I wouldn't put it past him. You know, he was young and you know he had the body back then. You know, so probably just didn't care. You know, oh, probably yeah. probably knew that the the girls were walking out, walking by, and. You know, <laughs> Well, and again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, don't mean to mention this, but uh, he, he, let's just say he's a gifted actor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. Uh, Great story. Um, I hope my listeners enjoy that. That's that's pretty neat. I, 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 when I first heard the story, I thought it was so cool. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, that's why I had to have you come on because I mean, even if I don't, even if I don't ever get any other person that's, you know, connected with the movie, at least I have, I have you and, you know. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, that makes me happy. Aside from that story. I mean, you know, I like the movie and I've seen it a few times, but I'm kind of not really, I mean, I just had that story to, to, to tell. I don't yeah. uh, really, I, I can't evaluate every you know minute yeah (laughs) you know like i do people do and then yeah everything it's like wow i'm like that with certain things but yeah this movie wasn't yeah that's that's fine i mean yeah yeah. you just you were at the right place at the right time yeah you know and you're still in san diego and and that roller coaster's still running well that's cool (laughs) I, i i will yeah um i'll post a picture in on our my listener page of okay. the coaster if i you know hopefully I'll, I'll say i'll post it now <laughs> i'll post it on there and it'll be there and if it's not i will cut it out because you know i'm going there in two weeks <laughs> so i have uh pictures of let me see and i you know wish i had taken more isn't that always the way but yeah. i have a picture standing on the roller coaster looking at the plunge building yeah i've seen that picture it, yeah and you, you can see all the trailers and motorhomes yeah and light equipment up on the roof of the plunge shining down into the skylights yeah uh and then tom cruise's uh dressing trailer but that's that's all i got all right well, we'll uh we'll end here and then we'll come back uh tomorrow ghost rider this is kaboon requesting you to like and subscribe and share with your friends If you could, please rate and review me on your favorite podcatching apps. You can continue the discussion on Facebook at Top Gun Minute Listener School. Find us on Twitter at Top Gun Minute Pod. Send your emails to me at topgunminutepod at gmail.com. You can find us and all your other favorite movies done in this format at moviesbyminutes.com. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, this episode pattern is full.